0: Support for Akron Adventures comes from the University of Akron. With strength born from legacy, boundless innovation fueled by tradition, and constant motivation to push to do what others won't, the University of Akron is at the forefront of redefining the role of higher education. Not only the region's most influential public research university, Akron serves 22,000 students and offers more than 300 associate, bachelor's, master's, doctorate, and law degree programs with opportunities to learn both inside and outside the classroom. To learn more about the university and how it can help you achieve success, visit uakron.edu. That's uakron.edu. Stick around until the end of this episode for a sneak preview of Episode 5. Snow Day Productions presents Bones in the Dark, Episode 4. After a very packed trip back on the bus that prevented them from discussing Reggie's new idea, the four friends walked together to Lisa's house. They gathered around the square wooden table in her family room that was always their spot for board games and frequent snackage. They just fit comfortably around it, which Reggie noticed with some concern. They were getting older, growing and changing, and even disagreeing over important stuff. Would the four of them still sit here together next year? Would there be room for everyone? Reggie's dark brown arm lay on the table, close to Maya's pale, freckled one, and the contrast made Reggie remember the old man in the park. He'd been looking at her, blaming her, and he didn't even know her, as if just standing there in her brown skin meant she'd done something wrong. Thanks, Mom, Lisa said, interrupting Reggie's thoughts as her mother strode into the room and laid out a platter of ham and Swiss sandwiches for them. They all perked up at the sight, hunching forward on their chairs to get in position. Lisa smiled wide at the marbled rye bread, her favorite, and Maya quickly threw her hair up into a ponytail in preparation for a feast. You all sure are making good use of your break, said Lisa's mom, noticing how hungry they looked, and clearly working up an appetite while you're at it. How did it go at the university? Did you get the answers you were looking for? Not really. We got answers, but not the ones we wanted, Reggie explained quickly before biting into her sandwich. Mmm, just the right amount of mustard, she thought to herself. Henry looked at Reggie, who seemed oddly talkative. He'd thought she was mad back at the university, but she seemed okay now. Weird, but okay. Reggie felt, rather than saw, Henry's quick glance, but she didn't break eye contact with Lisa's mom. She had an idea back at the university, and this was her chance to see if it was a good one. You grew up here next to Taylor Park, didn't you, Miss Crawford? Reggie asked. Lisa's mom smiled, crossed her arms over her chest, and leaned back a little against the wall, clearly prepared to chat with them while they ate. I did, and so did my mother. When I was your age, we used to dare each other to run to the center of the park at night. Henry thought she seemed pleased to have something in common with them. She had that look that adults got when they were trying to bond with you by reminiscing about their own childhoods. He actually thought it was nice when they did that, and he'd always liked Lisa's mom, So he indulged her. What for? He asked with his mouth full. Oh, you know, the dark, kids being kids, spooky games. They all nodded, really only half listening now while quietly focusing on their sandwiches. Except Reggie, whose sandwich lay forgotten on her plate. She was staring intently at Lisa's mom. Maya elbowed Henry and pointed to her own chin. Henry rolled his eyes at her, but wiped the big glob of mustard from his face. Plus, we always thought it was haunted, Lisa's mom added with a shrug as she turned to leave the room. Henry choked on his sandwich, and the three girls snapped their heads in her direction. Uh, b- uh haunted Lisa managed to get out. Her mom half-turned back to her. Oh, it wasn't real, Lise, just old neighborhood legends passed down to scare kids inside before the streetlights came on. Eat up, she said with a smile, and went quickly out the door. Lisa opened her mouth once more, but her mom was gone. Henry had finally swallowed the bite of sandwich that had gotten stuck in his throat. Reggie, Lisa noticed, was smiling triumphantly and there was a distinctly electrified feeling in the air. They were on high alert, except for Maya, who was scraping her sandwich on the edge of her plate. Reggie grabbed her wrist gently to get her attention. Maya, Haunted Park, please focus. Sorry, mustard problems. Holy moly, holy moly, holy moly, Henry repeated under his breath. He was rubbing his temples. Do you think she meant a different... Lisa began hopefully. But Maya and Reggie cut her off with identical warning looks. Right, Lisa swallowed nervously. Unlikely. She took a deep, shaky breath, her hands clenched together on the table. You knew, she said to Reggie, and it was both an accusation and a compliment. Well, I didn't really know, Reggie said. But at the university, after Dr. Graves told us to forget about it, I was thinking, that's it. If the experts say no, we're done. Then I thought, like, out of nowhere, that she's the expert on bones, but even she said she wasn't an expert on Taylor Park. So maybe regular people who have known and lived by Taylor Park forever are the experts we need. Reggie sat back and looked at them, one by one, around the table. And they looked back at her, blankly. You guys, this is good. Yeah, I've always wanted to carry around the bones of possibly angry spirits from a haunted park, Henry replied. Me too, Maya said more genuinely. And they all chose after a second's hesitation to ignore her. Reggie kept going. No, I mean what Miss Crawford said. The rumors about the haunted park guys, she said she knew about it when she was a kid, and that the story had been passed down to her and her friends. Reggie paused briefly, but was too excited to wait for them to catch up with her. The stories about the park are older than Lisa's mom. The light bulb seemed to go off in Maya's head. I get it. So maybe the bone is as old as the rumors? Maybe it's why there are rumors, she added with ghoulish excitement. Lisa was with her now, too. We have to talk to old people. Older than my mom, even. Exactly. We need to start a timeline, and they can help us. Henry, who had spent the last minute taking big, slow breaths, chimed in too. Okay, he exhaled. Wrinkly but very much alive, old people I can do. Spirits of the dead? Not so much. Great, because we start tomorrow, Reggie said with a smile. Reggie and Henry brought their bikes to a stop in front of an enormous brick house with black shutters and some kind of pointy steeple. Brown ivy, brittle and dead-looking in the cold, grew all along one side of the house, covering up the bricks and encroaching on the second-floor windows. It was the only house on the block that didn't have a single holiday decoration. Reggie thought it was exactly where Dracula would live, if he somehow found himself in Akron, Ohio. This is it, Henry said. They had decided to split up in order to track down as many stories as possible about the park. And, as Lisa had pointed out the day before, that meant chatting with old people, who could be counted on to make everything take forever. Reggie didn't mind that one bit. She loved talking with her own grandmother, but she didn't know any old people in this neighborhood. Henry and Lisa did, so divide and conquer was the plan. Maya, who also didn't know the neighborhood, went with Lisa, and Reggie went with Henry. Unfortunately, Maya had crushed Henry in a thumb war, so it was he and Reggie who stood in front of grumpy Joe Parson's old brick house. Reggie didn't know him, but Henry explained before they arrived that he was probably the oldest person in the whole neighborhood. Henry said he was maybe 99 years old and very cranky in that, you kids get off my lawn, no candy for the trick-or-treaters kind of way. As they stood, still straddling their bikes, Reggie thought about bailing on the plan. She felt like she had reached her limit on rude, grumpy men for the week. For life, maybe. She didn't like the way they made her feel, which was angry, but something else as well. Like they wanted her to disappear, and like maybe she did too. But then another thought occurred to her, a memory really, of her mother and grandmother telling her at length about all the fools out there that would likely try to make her doubt herself and her worth you're here you're deserving you know what's right her grandmother had said it's them who are all mixed up in the head at the time reggie couldn't fully wrap her mind around what her grandmother was preparing her for but now she knew it had been about trusting herself and standing up for what she believed in even if adversity or fools like the man in the park were staring her in the face standing there in front of old joe parsons house who, if Henry was right, was probably just the person they needed to talk with to solve this mystery, she knew she had to do this, even if it was hard. She hopped off her bike and settled it against the giant oak tree by the edge of the property. It was unbelievably thick around its trunk, clearly older than any living person. Too bad this tree can't tell us the park's secret, she thought to herself. Henry tossed his bike aside as well, and after one check-in glance with each other, they set out. It turned out Joe Parsons was, in fact, as cranky as his reputation suggested. It didn't help that Henry had apparently done a poor job of properly delivering his paper last summer. By some miracle, though, he let them inside. He was dressed in gold-trimmed black pajamas, which emphasized his deathly white skin and long gray beard, and he walked with the fanciest cane Reggie had ever seen. It was carved in whorls and lines, like the bark of the ancient tree trunk just outside. "'I hope you're better at selling cookies than you are at delivering papers,' he said in a low, raspy voice, as Reggie and Henry settled on a little sofa across the table from him, in the first room to the right of the entranceway. Reggie answered for Henry. "'We're actually not selling any cookies, Mr. Parsons. We were wondering if you have always lived in this house.' "'What? Is it time for the census again? I don't trust that census, or anyone who's working for it,' he said, thumping his cane once on the floor for emphasis. I don't think they let middle schoolers help with the census, Mr. Parsons, Henry offered, and Reggie shot him a look that clarified just how unhelpful he was being. We're not here about cookies or the census. We're here to ask you about Taylor Park, about something that might have happened there. Something bad, maybe. Joe Parsons seemed to straighten up in his chair, but he didn't say anything for a moment. His watery old eyes seemed sharper somehow as he looked at Reggie. He finally spoke, leaning toward them as if sharing a secret. That's the thing. It wasn't always a park. Huh? Henry asked. When I was a boy, it wasn't a park. Well, What was it? Reggie asked. His low, gravelly tone was making her palms feel sweaty, so she rubbed them on her jeans. It was a muddy swampland. Most of the houses between here and what's now the park weren't here, you see. And the neighbor boys and I, we'd cut through on the way to school. He paused for a second too long, considering them both, and then added, We called it... the Graveyard Path. Reggie looked down at Henry's hands, tightly gripping the edge of the sofa, his face whiter than usual. Reggie could feel her heart thumping in her chest. Graveyard Path, she asked. We named it ourselves, he said, because of the rumors. What kind of rumors? Henry asked, though he sounded like he didn't want to know the answer. Reggie thought his eyes were actually closed, as if he knew what was coming next in this particular horror movie and had to look away. Like you said, young lady, something bad. But there were stories that more than one bad thing had happened there. Stories about other kids who dug into the earth there and found. He stopped and rubbed his bearded chin with one gnarled hand. Found what? Reggie said anxiously. Bones. Lots of bones. Bones? Lisa asked. Yes, bones. As in more than one. As in other bones, Henry said. The group was back at Lisa's house, where they had planned to debrief. This time they were in her bedroom, where her younger brother and her parents wouldn't overhear them. Reggie and Henry caught the group up on their creepy conversation with Cranky Joe Parsons, and they were all still processing the information. I think we have something too, Maya said. She was hanging upside down off the side of Lisa's bed, but she turned over to fill them in. We heard some of the same. Not bone-specific stuff exactly, but everyone sort of said that they tried to steer clear of that area. Thought it was haunted, just like Lisa's mom did. I'm sensing a pattern, Henry said. A bloody terrifying pattern. That's not all, Lisa added. We were right about Mrs. Jackson, too. She lived here a long time and she's super old, Maya chimed in. Like, I didn't even know people could be that old. Right, Lisa continued. She said she remembered her parents telling her about a poor house that used to exist in this neighborhood, right near the park, or I guess, what's now the park. A poor house, Reggie asked. Yeah, that's what she said. Why haven't we heard of that before, Henry asked. Well, it might be really old, like older than anyone's still alive. Mrs. Jackson made it seem like it might have been older than her parents even. What exactly is a poor house, Maya asked. I have no idea. "'But I know how to find out,' Reggie said. "'Do you guys feel it?' Lisa asked suddenly. And something about her voice made Reggie shiver, even though she wasn't even slightly cold. "'Feel what?' Maya asked. "'We're getting closer.'" Akron Adventures is written and produced by Marlia Weiss, Julie Drew, and Casey Shevlin. Our theme music is written and recorded by Philip Anderson. You can hear more from him at philipandersonmusic.com. Support for Bones in the Dark comes from Chill Artisan Ice Cream. Don't forget to subscribe to the Akron Adventures podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Episodes every Tuesday. Next time on Bones in the Dark. Reggie, Lisa, Maya, and Henry quickly made their way inside of the special collections room, closing the door quietly behind them. Lisa instinctively took the lead, sitting down at the computer like she had in her own room a million times. Okay, I'll try poorhouse first. Poorhouse? Who's interested in the poorhouse? came a voice from behind them. They turned, startled to see a very old woman with white hair and kind blue eyes. Are you a librarian? asked Henry waiting for her to kick them out. A volunteer one of sorts, she said, smiling. You know about the poorhouse, Lisa asked? Yes, it's a nickname for a place that used to exist here a long time ago. It's real, Henry asked with some disbelief. Very real.